It's showtime, folks. Son now. Ali to the left. Son on a mission to go alone. This is sensational. World class. Welcome to the Know-It-All Podcast. We have a great show today. Our man Achilles Rain is with us. He will be here to do the NBA win totals. We'll also get into the soccer without Achilles Rain with myself, of course. But uh, it's going to be a great show, and the NBA season is starting off hot, and Achilles Rain will see if he can handicap what's going to go down this NBA season. All right, Achilles, are you ready to go over some NBA win totals with us? I'm ready. I'm I'm excited. Are you excited for the NBA season that just felt like it ended a month ago? Oh, yeah, but, you know, for my team, it ended on a high note, so I'm actually quite excited to, to get it going again. Let's see what happens. Yes, I know. The all-L.A. year is uh, going through nicely, so we'll see if that continues into 2021. All right, so... I think uh, we'll start at the top and work our way all the way down. We'll do the 72-game season, theoretically, that is going to unfold before our eyes starting on December 22nd. Um, We also have an adjusted win total that will tell you what it equals to in an 82-game season, so you have a little basis for what the number actually means. All right, you ready to start out with the A's? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're going to start off with the A's, and with the A's comes the Atlanta Hawks. A lot of changes to this roster. I think the goal is the playoffs this year. 34 and a half wins. That's equatable to 39 in an 82-game season. 34 and a half wins. Where are you sitting here with the over-under on the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, For this particular game, I'm sorry, for this particular team, as I was kind of looking at the schedule, and I know that it's a shorter season than we're used to, but based off what they added and how they did last season, I actually had them just slightly over that. Oh, you go with the over on the Atlanta Hawks. I'm a little torn on this one. Uh, 39 wins. Uh, that's be almost double their total that they were on pace for in last season. But... Uh, a lot of good veteran ads. Uh, Bogdanovich, we know about. Uh, Gallinari, we know about. Uh, Dunn and Rondo. So a lot of sort of veteran-savvy NBA players who know how to win games. 35. 
you're going to get a lot of wins off bottom feeders in the East. So I think I'd agree with you in that uh, I take a, if I had to choose whether I go over or under, I definitely choose the over here. But I think it will be really close to this number. Uh, what do you think their win total will be overall? You know, I had them actually just around 38 wins, uh, maybe 37. But I feel like a lot of those games, like you said, especially playing on the Eastern Conference, uh, they're going to have a lot of games where they can possibly get some wins off the, I don't, I don't want to call them bottom feeders like you did, but, uh, you know, against those teams that just aren't as good as the other teams. So <laughs> Way to know. be nice. I think you could call the Pistons uh, bottom feeders along with the Cavs. Well, well, we'll see once we get to the Pistons how we feel about that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, you know, they're a young team, but I think that they added enough talent and they added enough veteran presence there so that uh, they could definitely – Make make a big jump if you think about what they did last season, where they what they only won twenty games. Uh, I know it was uh, a sh- yeah, it was around twenty games. Yeah, so it's definitely you know a, a big leap. Just basically you know saying that you're getting close close to double to your last uh, season's win total, but I feel like they can do it, especially playing in the East. Yeah, uh, it's a good call. Uh, your number would be pretty much like a 500 season, which would be about a 42-win season in a regular 82-game uh, uh, season, which I think probably hovers about right. I I think 40 might be the number I, I was sitting at, 40 and 42. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see, one, how this team gels, and uh, two, how they, uh, you know, go about the season. Because uh, even though they've added a lot of veteran presence, it it's essentially would be doubling their win total from last year. Now, uh, that's not craziness, but uh, just a weird sort of uh, jump that I think uh, they would make, uh, especially defensively, I'd be a little concerned. But uh, by I was leaning, I'd, I'd lean towards the over here. All right, you want to go to a team that's really sort of in the mix here. We're going to go to the Boston Celtics. 44 and a half is their number. That would be the equivalent of 50 wins in an 82-game season. That's really close to where they would have been last year. Uh, the loss of uh, Gordon Haywood, they bring in Tristan Thompson. Where are you sitting with the Boston Celtics here? Well, you know, I, I was a little torn with this when we did see them lose, you know, a lot of talent, especially over the last couple of seasons. It's been pretty rough for any Boston Celtic fan out there. But – they're still a pretty solid organization, and you know last season was a little bit of a disappointment for them. They expected to do better um, for this particular season, though. Like you said, they they lost some some big players, but they brought some people in. You know, uh, like Jeff Teague, I believe, signed with them, and uh, Tristan Thompson. Um, but I actually have them just under their total win. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm sitting a little under here. Uh, the other thing that makes me a little nervous is uh, Kimba went and got the weird uh, knee jelly stuff shot in his knees, and uh, he won't even be playing in, until January sometime, they said. So uh, that's where the Jeff Teague, and I, I think the uh, drop-off from a Kimba Walker, a healthy Kimba Walker, mind you, uh, to Jeff Teague is really big. So you're going to have to rely really heavily on the Jalen Brown uh Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart three to win you a lot of games here because uh, there's just not a ton of uh, I'd say scoring depth behind those two guys. So uh, yeah, yeah, and even even then when you know Walker does come back, who's to say he's going to be a hundred percent? Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, 
you know, this this is like patchwork stuff to try to make your knees feel better for a a period of time. But the the grind of an NBA season is not conducive to uh, you know, your knees staying healthy for a long period of time. So it's really up in the air what kind of Kimball Walker shows up when he does show up. So uh I'm gonna lean towards the under here forty four and a half. Uh but uh I I think it's probably really close to this number. I think they could, you know, hover around maybe 43 wins. So when you're doing that, I would not be a real strong uh, gamble here on taking either side of this. Let's see, what do we have next? What do we have next? We have the Brooklyn Nets, 45 and a half wins. This goes to a 52-win season in an 82-game season. So they are highly dependent on uh, them making the big jump with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie essentially coming back and uh, putting themselves in the mix here. Where are you with this Brooklyn Nets squad? Are you an under? Are you an over on 45 and a half wins? Everybody loves to hate the the stack teams, right? And a lot of people are projecting to have a pretty good season, uh, a really good season if we put it into a, a full game uh, scenario. But to me, I think that it's in the under, and that's simply because I just haven't seen what they're actually going to put out, you know, in an actual NBA game. Uh, a lot of it's just uh, speculation of what we think we're going to see, but until I actually see what's going on, I have them as an under. You have them as an under. So I'm really – I, I – think I'm going to lean over here just based on my uh, love for Kevin Durant, but uh, this is already starting uh, with weirdness. Uh, Kyrie Irving and his emailed statement that he no longer will talk to the media for the season already starts to put his, I don't, I don't even know, weird personality, I guess, into the mix. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen uh, trade-wise. You know, James Harden's the wild card here, but... Uh, I don't even know if that makes him all that much better. Uh, that's now, once again, with a Durant, Irving, and Harden three, uh, unless they're putting in a basketball and a half all of a sudden into the game. Uh, I don't know how that quite works out. You have the Dinwiddie and uh, Levert, who are in trade rumors every uh, week, and uh, then Jared Allen, who should be playing center for them, but because DeAndre Jordan's buddies with uh, Durant and Irving. They want him to start at center. It's a very weird mix, but uh, I think I'd lean talent-wise overall Brooklyn Nets here going over because I just, I think Kevin Durant, despite what's going on with all the noise behind it, is just uh, too good not to win uh, 46 games uh, in the East here, depending on health, though. Uh, if if he's limping around and can no longer play, then uh, I might be a little off here. But uh, I think it's a little bit of an over here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see where you're coming from, and that's pretty much the consensus, right, is that they've got the stars, so they're going to get the wins. But like I said, I'm just one of those type of people that believe in, you know, see let's see it first, prove it, and then I'll believe it. And you obviously know this from, you know, hearing me talk about other uh, sports and other teams. I like to see the product on the field before I can actually jump on it. Uh, it's easy to like this team with the type of players they have and, you know, with the potential of who they might even bring in and later on the season. Uh, 
but until I see it, I, this is just what I think. Yeah. Uh, so are you, would you be a strong over under on this or are you sort of wishy-washy? Oh no, no, definitely, definitely wishy-washy. I'm not, like I said, I'm not sold either way. Uh, the only reason I'm taking it is because until I see it, until I see the product, I can't really get behind it. So, yeah. but if they were start playing well, I could definitely see them having a really good season. It's definitely possible. They've got the big marquee names on there. So it wouldn't be a shock to me if they went way over that. So, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not a Kyrie guy, but, uh, I am a KD guy and I believe, uh, sort of, you know, LeBron James style, uh, as long as you have some talent around him, whatever you bring in there, he can handle and win games with. So I, I just, I think they'll be able to also, we said it about the Hawks busting, uh, moving up. I, I think these Nets will be able to win uh, games in the East just off of, you know, talent level, no matter uh, how maybe dysfunctional they might be. So that's why I lean over. But I'm not in love with it, uh, uh, certainly with questions to Kevin Durant and how he's going to come back from an Achilles injury. Okay, we'll move to the uh, terrible, the Charlotte Hornets, speaking of bottom feeders in the East, uh, 25 and a half wins. That's a... <laughs> That's a 29-win, 82-game uh, season, 25-and-a-half wins. Where are you with these Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> I'm not far off, I'll, I'll tell you that much, okay? But I, I'm definitely on the overside of that. Oh, you think Gordon Haywood's going to bring this uh, this roster uh, glory and uh, put them in the uh, – uh, let's not say playoffs. I don't know if 26 would get it, though, with the bottom of the East. <laughs> it might get it. Um, I I don't know. I was really uh, – I went under. I wrote under because I just – I don't know. I don't see it with this roster here, uh, even with Gordon Haywood. Uh, Let me just ask but, you really quick. Did you watch that, uh, that preseason game? And, you know, I know that we both weren't, you know – Completely sold on Lamella Ball, but did you watch any of it? Yes, it pretty much was everything I thought he was as a player. He can make some cool passes. He can't shoot. He can't defend, and he's a turnover machine. So, yeah, but I mean, do you think it's possible that maybe you know life in the pros tames him a little bit, and he stops being as uh, as wild of a man as he is? Yeah, I guess it. I guess it could. I don't. Oh, I just can't get a read on this team. They have a handful of NBA players I respect. Uh, Terry Rozier, uh, Devontae Graham, you know, Gordon Haywood, uh, you know, Cody Zeller, all, you know, good NBA players to, you know, uh, Gordon Haywood's a great NBA player. But uh, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. I, I... This roster does not seem to mesh to me. It's... Just not something I can see getting a lot of wins. Now, I do respect the coach, James Borrego, and he was able to win games with this uh, roster last year. Uh, they, you know, they had 23 wins before the season got canceled last year. So, you know, throw in Gordon Haywood, uh, you know, essentially you're asking for three more wins. I mean, exactly. That, that's the way I'm looking at it. It's like they, I mean, they were bad, but they weren't horrible. I mean, to the point where I couldn't even picture them winning you know what? I think you're going to sway me. I wrote yeah, down I'm, under when I, I went through my list. I think this team will go over. So uh, I'm going to 
sit on the Charlotte Hornets over with you. Oh, wow. I can't believe I actually swayed you in an NBA. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, how much of a bully are you on the over? Do you Would you make this a bet, the Charlotte Hornets over 25 and a half? Oh, my. I, I, to be completely honest with you, I'm a little timid at how high I would take their win total. But I, I definitely do think it's an over. Uh, I was thinking between 26, 28. Uh, so you're right on the line. I, I don't think you're fully in love with it. But I, I oh, no, because I think- listen, we both had doubts about, you know, some of the players that they acquired during the offseason. We, we talked about it. Uh, we didn't we weren't in love with anything they did. We thought they could have done so much. Uh, they they could have gone a different path. And we have a different uh, Hornets team right now. But they obviously went through this path, but I still think that they have enough talent to get more, more wins than the other uh, projected total. So that's the only way I'm, I'm looking at it. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on. And this one is the first one I'm bullish on. It, it might stun you a little bit, but the Chicago Bulls, 28 and a half wins. Uh, that's a 32 uh, win comparison to an 82 game season. 28 and a half wins for the Bulls. That's uh, still sitting up pretty low. Where are you with the Bulls here? I am just slightly on the oversight. Uh, and it has, personally, has to me, uh, has a lot to do with, you know, some of the moves they made. I think that they could have done a better job, but they proved enough to at least go, you know, get, get uh, that over. I don't think that they're going to play that poorly. I still see them, you know, Kind of in the bottom half of uh, of the Eastern Conference, but I don't I don't know what do you think. See, I, I'm pretty bullish here. Get that one. Uh, I think they're going to go over. I think this is going to be a team that might be able to take that seven or eight seed in the playoffs. I like this roster. Wendell Carter Jr. Marketing. Uh, I don't love Zach Levine, but he is a scorer. I think Colby White can be a player in this league. Uh, adding a Garrett Temple, a professional NBA player, uh, Thomas Sadoransky in there. I just, I, I like the makeup of this team. I think they have some good players mixed in. Uh, the Thad Young's in there. I think they can make a climb here for the uh, seven or eight spot in the Eastern playoffs. Uh, bringing in Billy Donovan, he's not there to, you know, remake and uh, rebuild this team. That's why he left the Thunder. So I think they're going to push hard uh, to go after. Uh, a playoff spot here. So I'm really over on the Chicago Bulls here. You know, uh, you, you kind of talked about it a little bit. So I, I, I kind of saw this one coming, but honestly, I have him like maybe finishing between ninth, maybe, you know, up to 11th in the uh, Eastern conference. Um, I guess you're definitely a lot higher on them than I am. I still don't think that they're going to be as bad as projected though. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think Billy will get more out of Marketing and Wendell Carter Jr. So you start moving that in there with their guard lineup of Zadaransky, White, and Levine. I, I think you got a, a at least a contending NBA team in the East. I used the East. If this team was in the West, I'd look at it more like the Minnesota Timberwolves. But uh, I think these guys can win games in the East here. So I 
I don't love Zach Levine, but uh, he can score points in this league, and I think there's a lot that you can get out of Markadon and Carter that was not gotten out of them in the uh, previous couple seasons with uh, Jim Boylan and uh, that Chicago Bulls front office. So I look for Billy Donovan to really make a push here and push them over. You know, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's just, I don't know, I just feel like they didn't really make many moves during the offseason, and uh, I feel like in order to improve, you got to at least make some changes. The biggest change they made was, you know, getting rid of uh, some of the top brass. But, you know, I, I guess that improves your team somehow, bringing in, uh, you know, some some fresh ideas. I guess that does help. But I don't know. I, I think they'll do good, just not as good as you think. But, you know, you're yeah. definitely making a compelling case. Well, the other thing, uh, they have trade pieces. So, uh if uh, a star would get uh, antsy and angry, uh, they have some pieces in, you know, said Carter Jr. Uh, marketing and uh, Zach Levine that uh, you can throw in there and uh, are worthwhile pieces. So uh, there also could be a trade uh, with the Bulls to be made that might uh, push them over the top. So I keep that in mind as well. I see. That actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, you're starting to sway me a little bit. All right. So we're going to move on. Uh, to the very worst of the uh, Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers, twenty-two and a half wins. Uh, that would be a twenty-five uh, in an eighty-two game season. Ouch. Uh, where are you sitting with the Cleveland Cavaliers here? What was that? That over/under? I'm sorry. Twenty-two and a half. So twenty-three Oof. wins. Yeah, to I, go over. This is. I'm sorry to say this, but this is one of the few games that I'm actually on the underside. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with you here. Uh, I'm really under on this Cavs team. Uh, it's got a lot of young pieces, but uh, none of those young pieces fit. Uh, it's And I don't even think it has, like, good vets to sort of handle those young pieces. Drummond's going to be out for his contract. Uh, Kevin Love uh, I doesn't even want to be there. And uh, I don't know if bringing in JaVale McGee as your stable veteran is quite the... Yeah, that's, the need to guide these youthful players uh, into the right direction. You know, when you bring in a player like, and I'm not trying to trash talk the guy. You know, he's he's talented in his own way, but when that's the guy you're bringing in, like you said, to be the veteran presence there. Uh, I mean, I am excited to see uh, what's his name, uh, Isaac Okoro, the guy they drafted. Yeah, Isaac Okoro. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him play. I I we talked about it a little bit during the our draft special. I really kind of liked uh, his play, and there was a lot that I I'm saw. I'm still him. hoping he's in with the Kevin Love trade. <laughs> but, you know, I feel bad that he's on this team because I feel like he's got the potential to be, a, a you know, a star in the NBA. But uh, the team itself, like you said, there's just so many gaps. They lost so many good players. I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, how bully are you on the Cleveland under 22 and a half here? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm really bullish on it. Um, would it shock me that if they got 25 wins? No, it would have shocked me, but I, I don't think that they do much better than that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm a little more bullish that they're going to go way under. I think this is oh wow <laughs> a really dud team. I, not to mention, I think they'll try to get the – a top pick, uh, you know, a, at least a true, uh, there are a couple of them, uh, in this, uh, draft that are actually change your, uh, T 
team's uh, projection type players, unlike uh, this last draft where it's a lot of more uh, role players to good players. But uh, this upcoming draft, there's a handful of guys who could really change the projection of your franchise type guys in this draft. So I think if they get off to a slow start, uh, it'll be pack it in and uh, lose as many games as you can. And let's see what we can do for next season. Yeah. All right. We're moving into the Dallas Mavericks. 42 and a half wins. That's a 48 win regular season in an 82 game season. 42 and a half wins. Dallas Mavericks. Where are you here? I am actually on the over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about what they did, you know, last season. And you think about the players that they added this season. I think to me, a lot of it's going to depend on health, though. Um, You know, they obviously have some big issues right now, but I don't know. When I'm looking at the the overall build of this team, I I just think that they're they're definitely a team that's uh, up and coming and they've got a lot of good pieces there. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not completely, as you've been saying, bullish on it, but I do think they're going to do better than that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty bullish on this one. I'm, I really think the Mavericks are going to go over. I think they will be a top three team in the Western Conference this year. Uh, I look for Luka to be able to carry this team. Uh, if you go 48 wins, I think this would be easily a 52-win team in a regular 82-game season. And that doesn't even mean Chris Tapps has to be there. To win playoff games, I think Chris Tapps has to be there. But uh, they re-signed Willie Cauley-Stein, so I think he could eat up some of those center minutes uh, for the Mavericks when uh, Chris Tapps isn't going to be around. I love the addition of uh, Josh Richardson and James Johnson as sort of a uh, tough bully wings that uh, won't let people try to bully around Luka Doncic. I just, I I think this Mavericks team is on the, you know, escalator up into being, you know, an NBA contender for the next uh, probably eight years or so while Luka's uh, in his prime here. So I really think uh, this number goes way over. Yeah, like I said, I do, I'm, I do think that they're going to do have a really good season. I, I project them to be one of the top contenders for the Western Conference Championship. But, you know, I just I don't know how much uh, the Kristoff thing is going to – it's actually going to affect them. But we'll have to wait and see. I still think that they're a really solid team regardless. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to the Denver Nuggets. 44 and a half wins. So that would be a 50-win season for them. Where are you sitting with this uh, Denver Nuggets team here? Uh, I'm just slightly uh, on the underside of it. All right. On the under of the Denver Nuggets. You think that uh, Grant uh, loss really will affect them that much? Uh, What about the uh, Porter Jr.? Are you looking for a leap there, or do you think it'll level out, and that's why you don't like uh, this win total at 50? No, I think that there will be some improvement. I just don't think that it's really going to be – evident enough to make that big of a difference. Uh, you know, like you said, Jeremy Grant and then uh, Plumley leaving, I think it hurts them a little bit. And when you try to figure out what they got to replace them, I don't know if they can get it together in time to, to surpass that win total. So I, I've got them slightly on the under. Yeah, this win total hits right in my uh, mark. I, I think 44, 45 wins is right where they hit, and that's sort of where I have the Mavericks at 44-45 win. So I think those two teams will be battling uh, for the uh, second and third spots in the Western Conference. Um, 
that should probably tell you already where I think the Clippers are going to end up over or underwise because I think we both know who my number one team out west is going to be. But uh, it's really hard to tell say over and get to 45 wins here. That's that's a really big number, especially in the Western Conference where you're facing literally every team, but like one is a legit contender to get into the playoffs. So there's no, I mean, absolutely no break really any night in the Western Conference. Your break comes when you go out east and play them. So I guess I'd lean towards the under, but uh, it, it seems like dead on spot where to be at 44 and a half. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see them getting within that within that range. I still think that you know they've got a few more uh, bumps to take before they can actually get out there and compete with the big boys. All right, so we'll move on to uh, dregs of the East once again. The Detroit Pistons, twenty three and a half wins. That's a twenty seven win regular season. Where are you with these Detroit Pistons here? You know that that number to me was actually kind of spot on to where I where I thought they would end up. Um, I had them just at twenty four, uh, and only because of some of the players that they have. You know, uh, granted, a lot of the guys they have they're kind of aging, and I wouldn't call them so much aging as much as ailing. Uh, they got a lot of guys you know that have had some uh, some injury history, uh, and it's a little concerning for the uh, the complete the entire season, see if they can actually hold up. But I still think that they've got, you know, some good enough players to win a few games, uh, especially playing in the East. It, uh, to me, a lot of playing in the East is a big uh, big factor in how many wins teams are going to get. Yeah. Um, my number here would be how many games is Blake Griffin playing healthy? Because exactly. if, he's, if he's playing essentially a full season healthy, I think this number goes over. But uh, if he's not playing a full season healthy, uh, I think this goes way under. Because basically when you look at this roster, with Blake Griffin, it's an Eastern Conference playoff uh, contender to get in there. Without Blake Griffin, this becomes a really, really bad roster without sort of a lead guy. Uh, Unless you think Derrick Rose is your lead guy, which, you know, 10 years ago he would have been. And now he's just a good scorer off the bench. But... uh, it's just really hard for me to see this roster winning games if Blake Griffin's not healthy. And, you know, if you were gambling whether Blake Griffin would be healthy or not healthy, I think you'd gamble not healthy. So I'm sitting at 23 and a half. I'm going under on the 23 and a half here. Yeah, and I mean, definitely, that's exactly how I feel about this team. It's Blake Griffin is what's going to uh, either make him or break him. And, you know, what was he the He also last- could be traded. That's the other thing that's, you know. Yeah, but I mean, how much are you going to get in return for? Oh, it wouldn't make them better. It would make them worse, but uh, that would take him off the roster and make them really bad then. Yeah, and I mean, I was trying to think back to what was the last time that I remember Blake Griffin, you know, playing an entire season. And I, I think you have to go back, what, to 2010, I think it is, when the last time he played an entire season. Well, he played, he played that uh, 2018 uh, season with the Pistons where he was healthy. Uh, pretty much the whole regular season, he missed that last week, and he dragged him in the playoffs. That's where he finished like fourth in uh, MVP voting. He was really good uh, two years ago before you know his knee started bugging him the last couple weeks of the regular season, and you know that's what it is. If he's healthy, uh, he's still a good enough player to take someone 
uh, bad into the playoffs. If he's not healthy, this team probably wins 15 games. Yeah, and I just don't think that he can. I don't. I don't think they have enough around him to, you know, not wear him out and keep him healthy for the long run. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to a fun one: Golden State Warriors, thirty-eight and a half. That's a forty-four win regular season. That's a pretty low total for an eighty-two game season, forty-four. So thirty-eight and a half. That's uh, t- like two games above five hundred. Where are you sitting with the Warriors here? Oh, I'm definitely on the over. Uh, I really like the acquisitions they made during the draft. Yes, I know that, you know, they lost one of their best players, you know, for the whole season. But, you know, you still have got Steph Curry. You still have got Green, you know. And like I said, you brought in some really good young players, as well as, you know, I wouldn't call them, you know, old vets, but, you know, some guys that have some play time. So I think that, you're still considered, you know, one of the best teams, even without uh, Clay. But I think they're being slightly overlooked right now because of that injury. I think that they're still a better team than what everyone's projected them to be. Yeah. I'm going to go over here, but uh, there are some definite questions. Uh, one, if they lose uh, Steph Curry for any amount of time, uh, this team is atrocious and probably wins about the same amount of games they won last year. Uh, he's, you know completely the key to their offense and them scoring. And the other thing that already makes me nervous is Green and uh, Wiseman. They, you know, you couldn't come out outright and say it because of medical things, but they both were positive for COVID. And uh, I, I'm a little concerned that, you know, both Wiseman and Green won't bounce back really quick off that. And that might lead them to a bad start. I really think that hurts Wiseman you know, not being able to get into training camp and uh, sort of get in with these guys and get NBA conditioning because uh, he didn't play last year either. He, he missed essentially the whole college season because of eligibility issues. So now we're going on two years with him not really playing competitive basketball. So, you know, it might take a now a couple months for him to get up to speed to be a factor in the uh, NBA. It's just uh, very weird, but in... Curry, I trust, so I'm going to go over here, but uh, there are definite caveats with this team. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, but, you know, you have to think back to the draft. At least I felt like Weissman was probably one of the most NBA-ready players. You know, even without seeing him for that whole season, I still think that we knew what we were going to get with him, and based on, you know, the the entire pool of players that were available, I thought that he was probably one of the best picks for just about any team. I didn't think there was a single team that could have picked him that would have looked bad for picking that player. That's just the type of player I thought he was. But I have him over. But like you said, as long as Steph stays healthy, it, that's what's going to determine everything. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we'll move on to probably an even weirder story. The Houston Rockets, 35 and a half wins. That's a 40-win team in the regular season. So that's two games under 500. So they definitely are hedging that James Harden is not going to be on this team. And uh, if James Harden isn't on this team, this team definitely goes into tank mode and into a total rebuild. So uh, where are you sitting here? You think uh, the Rockets try to ride this out and let James Harden play, or they trade him and they're in uh, rebuild mode? Because if they trade him. Uh, you get pretty good value here on an under. 
you know, this is one of those interesting storylines that we're going to have to follow throughout the season. It's going to be if Houston's going to hold on tight and say, listen, you're in their contract, you're playing with us until it's up. And they try to put together a team that at least contends for a championship and kind of show them, like, look, this is what we've done for you. You know, we've built this up for you. This is all for you. This is your car. You have the keys. You know, you drive us to the promised land. You know, maybe they can kind of persuade him to stay, but it definitely sounds like he wants out. He's 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 not going to stay there. Uh, so I think that this win total really depends on whether uh, Houston brass stays. You know, draws a line uh, a line in the sand and says you're playing, or whether they just give in to him and send him away. That's going to determine the totals. As of now, I think that he's gone, so I'm going with the under. Yeah. Uh- I think we're in agreement here. I, I'm willing to bet on the under here. I, I think the Rockets also want to rebuild. Uh, I think they want uh, Tillman Fertitta and uh, his son want to make this team into their own mold and get out of the uh, Daryl Morey shadow, the James Harden shadow. So I think at some point they will trade him. Now, I, I also don't think they're going to just hand him to like the Nets for their little poo-poo platter of Dinwiddie and Levert and Allen. So... It's going to be really interesting how this goes. Um, I don't know if, you know, he listed a bunch of, you know, teams at the top, like Milwaukee and stuff, but none of those teams have anything they are going to trade for him. So it's really weird how this is going to play out, but I definitely think Harden's gone at some point and they'll go into, you know, tank mode and uh, try to get this uh, rebuilt uh, in the next couple years. They've already started stockpiling picks. So... Houston, under. I think we're both on agreement on a Houston under, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. All right. We're moving. Everyone, big bets. Houston, under. (laughs) I don't know. If if anybody's thinking logically, I think they're definitely going with the under. So, All right. So here's a fun one. Uh, They've been uh, sort of a middle of the pack to solid team in the East for uh, the last handful of years. Got rid of Nate McMillan. Brought in the Toronto Raptors assistant. Um I guess they're trying to get some of that magic. The Indiana Pacers, 37 and a half wins. That's a 43-win, 82-game regular season. That's one game over 500. they They've been much better of that of late. They have just a interesting roster that I think could be easily over that total. But uh, there's no telling who's coming and going right now. But uh, where are you with the Indiana Pacers? I'm actually a little more confident that they're going to be on the oversight of that win total. I, I just really like when I look up and down this roster, you know, Victor Oladipo, Turner, uh, Sabonis. I, there's a lot of guys on here that I think that are good enough to win games. I, I, I mean, you're in the East again. I go back to go, being in the East. Uh, I think they can, they can put together enough talent. I think that the bringing new coaching staff uh, really helps out. And I think they turn it around a little bit and, and they see a little bit of an upswing. I don't think it's going to be that huge, but um, I was thinking around like 38 wins. Yeah, I, I, I'm I pretty bullish. I think the Pacers get undervalued every year. You look at this roster, uh, Sabonis, Turner, uh, it's just, it's loaded with good NBA players. Uh, it, 
Aaron Holiday started to come around. Justin Holiday's a solid player. It's just got a lot of good NBA players. And uh, Sabonis and Oladipo, if Oladipo's healthy, is an elite, uh, you know, two-man game. You throw in Turner and Warren in there. This is they're just a lot of good NBA players on this roster. So they will win games. I, I didn't even get into Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, this is just a good NBA team. Yeah, they are don't... they go. So I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, they, they don't have, you know, like the big name that's going to sell, sell out stadiums. You know what I mean? But they have a lot of really solid players. Yeah. Th- this is, this team is built to win regular season games. And I, I think uh, their 37 and a half is just a sort of a little bit of an insult. Uh, so I have Pacers way over. I, I think they could easily hit 40 wins in the Eastern conference. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was thinking around 38, 39. Um, I wasn't too far off, but I, I like the team as a whole. Uh, maybe slightly overlooked. Uh, part, of, part, you know, part of it is because they play in the East, obviously, but um, the other part of it is because they don't have a huge marquee name that they can really sell. But like we said, they're completely loaded with a bunch of good, solid NBA talent. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're both on the over here. I think I'm a little more in love with the Pacers over than you, but I think we both think that's a that's a good over team, uh, especially in the Eastern Conference. We'll move on to the Los Angeles Clippers at 48 and a half. That's a 55 win, 82 game season, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I think this is an under. Uh, I just think there is bad juju going on throughout this uh, whole team, and it. it and Paul George might be the leader of the pack of the bad juju, but uh, I don't like them at all. And I, I think they're a middle of the pack Western Conference team. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to agree with you because I've got a lot of friends that are Clipper fans now. As you know, I'm originally from Southern California, and out in LA, that's with the that's the story around town is that the Clippers are cursed, and I hate to say that they are, but you know you look at over the last 10 years, you know, they've put together quite, you know, talented teams with a lot of good talent, a lot of young players, a lot of explosive players, some big names that went on to do other things, but they just can't get over that hump. And a lot of people thought that last season in the bubble was their season. And you saw how that worked out. So like you said, I think there's just some bad juju here and I have them as an under also. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like the mix of, uh, the players here, I I don't think any of them really get along. Uh, uh, it's possible everyone hates Paul George, but uh, it's just, I don't think this roster fits, and I, I'm not sure Ty Lue is going to make it better. Essentially, Ty Lue is Doc Rivers, just wasn't as good a point guard when they were NBA players. I It just, I don't like the aura around this team uh, now. Maybe they trade, uh, you know, uh, Lou and Pat Bed, and maybe get in some more guys that fit in better with Paul and uh, Kawhi. Uh, I did like the Serge Ibaka move, uh, getting rid of Harrell, but uh, I still just don't know uh, if this roster really fits and is built to win games uh, for long stretches of time. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're definitely built a little bit more for the regular season, in my opinion than they are for the uh, postseason, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe things change from this season. This is a strange year, so maybe the 2020 season is is the one for them. 
Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the other Los Angeles team, the Los Angeles Lakers, also at 48 and a half wins, which makes them a 55 regular uh, season win team. Where are you with the Lakers here at 55, uh, 48 and a half wins? Now, I know, obviously, this is going to sound very homerish, but uh, I'm actually on the oversight of this. Um, they obviously have their main pieces back, which is all that really matters for this team. When you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I mean, what more can you really ask for? They're probably uh, just as good as uh, duos, even with LeBron uh, at a much, uh, let's say, mature age. You know, even even at that, with those two guys, you could go up against big threes, and, you know, as long as you have enough role players around them, you're going to have a solid season regardless. Yeah, Uh I sit on the under here, but uh, that's because I think the win total is uh, too high. But uh, if you ask me who my pick is to win the title, it would be the Lakers. And uh, I even think they will probably be the number one team in the West, but I don't know if any team is getting to 49 uh, wins in the West. And I certainly don't know if this Lakers roster, which I'm guessing is not going to be featuring LeBron James and Anthony Davis, a whole lot. Uh, their signings sort of made that uh, sort of evident as they got a lot of guys who can eat minutes for them in regular season games and still make them competitive in like Schroeder and Harrell, you know. So I'm not 100% sure how much we're getting of Davis and uh, LeBron the first half of this season. So that might make their uh, win total a little lower than the uh, 49 and a half that it sits at. I don't know. I think that Kyle Kuzma showed a lot of improvement last season. And, uh, you know, we brought in the uh, second half of the Gasol uh, brothers to complete this journey. Uh, now they're both going to be legendary Lakers, uh, championship Lakers, hopefully. But I, I do have them first in the West, and uh, I think they're the team to beat uh, once we get into the postseason. Yeah, I, I have them first in the West, too. I just think that 49 wins in the West, just probably too hard to get to. I, I don't think anybody in the West will be able to get – probably over 48 wins in the Western Conference. It's just too much of a bloodbath, night in and night out. Uh, uh, so I just, I don't think uh, they will be able to hit that number, but I still think they'll be the number one team in the West. You have to fear the brow. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the Memphis Grizzlies, who had a bit of a shocking season last year. We're able to technically make the playoffs before the NBA screwed them in the bubble and wanted the Portland Trailblazers or the New Orleans Pelicans to get in there. But uh, they sit at 31 and a half wins. Uh, that's 36 in the regular season. That's about four or five off from what they would have been uh, last year. So are you thinking regression here with the Grizzlies or do you think they continue to be on the upswing here? I think a lot of it has to do with Winslow. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy for the entire season, but if he does, I definitely see him getting around 29, 30 wins. Um, if he can't stay healthy all season, then definitely not either. I think they're an under. Yeah, I'm going to have to go under here. Uh, and it's not because I think the Grizzlies are any worse. I think they'll be a better team and possibly even more improved than they were last year. But the Western Conference is going to eat teams alive and I don't know if they can hold up and get to 32 wins uh it's they won't shock anybody like they did early last year and I just don't think they can hit that number I, I think it's a little 
too high, even though they dropped it pretty low. I think uh, they won't be able to get the wins that they did last year, even though they might be a better team than they were last year. Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes being a better team doesn't always necessarily reflect by win totals. Uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with who you have to, who you have to play against also. And being out in the West, it's, it's, it's all order to fill. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to a title contender, the finals runner-up. Miami Heat, 43-and-a-half wins. That's a 50-win, 82-game regular season. 43-and-a-half wins for the Heat. Over or under on that one? I know you're probably really high on Miami, but uh, I, I actually have to jump on the over. All right, on the over of 43-and-a-half. I'm, I'm sorry, did I say over? I meant under. I'm sorry. Oh, you're going under. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm like, wait. Yeah, no, I'm sitting on the under. Unfortunately. Oh, under. Yeah. Okay. I I have them over. I'm not in love with the over because I think this number hits it probably about right. Uh, I think that, you know, they have a bit of a, you know, they're elite players in uh, Butler and Dragic uh, are a little older. So, I, and Igadala, I think they'll sort of try to, you know, strategically uh, rest them and keep them healthy uh, throughout this season, especially someone like Dragic and Butler who have, you know, had hard NBA careers and have been banged up uh, off and on and are real physical players. So I think that number could go over, but uh, the Heat just know how to build a basketball team. So I struggle thinking uh, under on the Heat. So uh, I'm sitting in a neutral territory and I don't really know which way to go here i i'm saying under but uh i definitely have no real idea which way to go there uh honestly listen like like you said i'm definitely teetering with this team the only reason i went under is because of the way they started last season if it wasn't for the way they started last season and the way they ended it to be i mean to be completely honest with you you know they had a little stretch down the down the middle of the season where uh they Played as everyone thought the Heat would play. They started off hot, and they played like everyone thought they would, and then they got hot towards the end again. Uh, so they made a nice little run. But I know they have a lot of the same pieces in place, and I know that you know last season's performance probably gave a huge boost. But I don't know if it's enough to make that big of a difference. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, I'm going to move on to the Milwaukee Bucks. 50 and a half wins. That's 57 wins in the regular 82 game season. That might seem like a lot, but considering they had 65 last year before they went on a a COVID break, I don't know if that's quite enough. And uh, this Bucks team is just built to win a regular season game. So I'm definitely over on the Bucks here. Yeah, I'm also on the over. I think that this is probably the team to beat for the regular season. Um, I, I mean, what else can you really say? They've got, you know, probably the best player in the NBA, arguably at least. And I, they're definitely, to me, they're definitely a regular season team. I, they're going to have their issues when it comes to the postseason, just because of the amount of talent that they uh, could have had in there. But they missed out. They brought in some talent, but I still think that that whole team is based around uh, the Greek freak. And if he's, if he's not. Playing at 110%, they're going to have some issues in the playoffs. But I think for the regular season, this is definitely a team to beat in the East. 
Yeah, I, I'm just, uh, this team wins regular season games in its sleep, and it doesn't even necessarily need Giannis. That system just wins them games, and they're going to continue to win games. So I'm over on the Bucks here. So we'll move on to a little bit more of an intriguing team. The Minnesota Timberwolves, 29 and a half. That's 41 regular season games. So that would be like in an 82-game season. They would be 500. 29 and a half. Where are you here? I am on the underside of 29 and a half. Well, well, I, we agree because I think this team is just awful. And I'm going uh, under 29 and a half, too. I, I think they end up in the bottom half of uh, the Western Conference as in one of the worst two teams down there. So I just see no way where this team can win games. Yeah, I mean, I, they're definitely going to win some games. I just don't think they can win that many games. Uh, they have some they have some talented players, but how they fit together to me is still a mystery. And, you know, obviously they got Russell and, and, and Carl Anthony Towns, but aside from them, you have a lot of role players that just don't seem to mesh with the play style of, the, of their main guys. And uh, I don't know, some of the moves that they made during the offseason were really confusing to me. I expected them to get a little bit better. And on paper, it looks like they got a little bit better, but I don't think that the pieces they got are going to mesh as well. Yeah, I just don't think they can compete with the the Western Conference teams. And it's just, uh, well, uh, also, I it doesn't do them much good to be in the middle of the pack of the Western Conference since they sent their first-round draft pick uh, to the Warriors' top three protected. So at some point, they need to make a decision if, uh, you know, whether to try to get in that bottom three of the NBA draft so they don't have to give up that pick or they're just going to hand it over to the Warriors. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, so we'll move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. 33 and a half. That's a 38 win, uh, 82 game season. So 33 and a half. Interesting roster. Uh, Stan Van Gundy comes in there. Where are you with this New Orleans Pelican team? I think that they've got some intriguing pieces in place. Um, if they can get a full season out of Williamson, they're in good shape. They have a lot of uh, draft picks coming up. I, I think that they're probably not quite ready to really make a push in the West. I think that they're kind of middle of the pack uh, towards the bottom half of the middle of the pack. But I, I think that they're just about 32 to 34 wins. Yeah, uh, I I like the addition of Stan Van Gundy. I think he will be able to get this team to play hard and play defensively uh, for long stretches of time, which was a main a real problem with them uh, last season defensively. They were just awful. And considering they had Drew Holiday, who's one of the best defenders in the NBA, makes this uh, made that really weird. So I think Stan can bring that out of him. But I just don't think they're ready to compete in the West. And uh, I look for them to go under this uh, 33 and a half number. It's just not time yet. We don't have any proof that uh, Zion can uh, also stay healthy for a full, um, you know, even 72 game season, let alone an 82 game season. So I'm sticking on the under here, but I'm not real in love with it. I, I think that 33 and a half probably is hovering around the right number there. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, how about this exciting team? Your favorite team, 
The East Coast legends, the New York Knicks. No, no, we already talked about my favorite team. This is your favorite team. <laughs> I don't think the Knicks are my favorite team. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in the uh, 70s when uh, Walt Frazier and stuff were there, but uh, not in a long time. Uh, New York Knicks, 21 and a half. That's a 24-win 82-game regular season, so 21 and a half, pretty low, but uh, this roster is... Uh, Let's just say inept. Um, where are you going here? You know, I'm really, I really want to go on, uh, on the over for this, but I still think it's going to be on the end there. Uh, I just didn't see them make enough moves in the off season, and uh, I don't think that they're getting ready to get out of the uh, the basement. Uh, I still think they're definitely one of the lower tier teams, but you never know. They they could all they could always you know, surprise people, and, and they are, I guess, a professional basketball team, but I'm just not sold on them. Yeah, uh, I just don't think this roster is good enough to win games, uh, not to mention it's a mishmash of uh, random uh, NBA role players and uh, failed draft picks. It, it's just, it's not ready to win games. Uh, I'll be curious to see how uh, LeBron's people end up uh running and building this team, but uh, right now this uh, roster isn't built to win games, and I look for them to be uh, probably the worst team in the NBA this season. So I'm definitely under on the New York Knicks here at 21 and a half. Oh, you're really under. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, we'll move on to easily the worst team in the NBA, and I think they're possibly trying to be the worst team in the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder 20 and a half wins, uh, 23 wins would be the 82 game equivalent, uh, 20 and a half wins, Oklahoma city thunder. They're, you know, obviously taking the season so they can, uh, start to rebuild, uh, for the future. Where are you with the Oklahoma city thunder? I know that everyone's down on thunder, but I still think that they're probably just a little bit better than that. I, I, I've got them at around 22 wins. Oh, wow. You, you think they're going to play hard and play tough? You like the 100-pound, 7-foot foreigner, don't you? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what made me uh, choose 22. Uh, no, I just... He did have like a 14-7 and seven in uh, the preseason game the other night, so... I mean, you know, I know that they're on the West. I know it's tough, and I, I, I don't think that they're necessarily exactly the worst team in the West, but I think that they probably finished like 13th or 14th. I think that they're definitely one of the bottom-tier teams. I just don't know if I think they're going to be the worst team this season. Yeah, I think they're going to be the worst team, and I, I think they're shooting for it. And uh, every team who goes there out west is going to try to get this win because they'll need wins, and they can't afford to lose games to teams that are not as good as them. So I think a lot of losses are coming. I'm a definite under on the Oklahoma City Thunder here. Okay, you ready? Orlando Magic, 30 and a half. That's a 35-win, 82-game season. Uh, the consistent number eight seed out of the East, the Orlando Magic. Uh, does that trend continue? Where are you with the Orlando Magic? I actually have them a little bit lower this season. I think they finish like in that lower half tier, like 10th or 11th. Uh, uh, not a huge fan of everything they did this offseason. And I think that they, you know, regress a little bit. I think that... There was a, there's definitely some some improvement there, but I just don't see it, man. Uh, 
I I don't know. I, I I'm I'm really confused with this team. I I don't like many of the moves that they made, but there there are some intriguing pieces there. I just don't know. Yeah, I think everybody is confused with this team. Lots of intriguing pieces. None of them seem to fit together on this roster. Uh, I don't think Isaac's going to be back. Uh, if I thought Isaac was going to play, I, I'd probably move them up because I really like the way he was coming along towards the, the last season before he blew out his ACL in the bubble. So that hurts a little bit. Um, I'm, the Mo Bamba uh, draft pick two years ago is a complete and utter bust. But, uh, I mean, they still have, you know, Vucevic, who's a really solid, good uh, all-star in this league. Um, you know, the Cole Anthony... Uh, we have we we'll get to that next week, but uh, he's my dark horse for rookie of the year because I think he's going to get a lot of shots and attempts. But um, this number sits right where I'd have him fit at thirty and a half. I probably thought they were about a thirty win team. I don't want to go over though, but uh, I think uh, I I'd be stunned if they uh, finished under uh, thirty wins. So I'll go uh, a balloon. I can't even say it reluctant uh, <laughs> over 30 and a half. I'm sure they'll, they'll take your reluctant to 30 and a half any day. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know about this team. I'm, I'm really confused. I'm buying you the single team league pass and it's going to be their Orlando magic. Oh, Enjoy that as a Christmas gift. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to uh, celebrating every about magic 28 game. times. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to probably the most compelling team of the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia 76ers, 42 and a half wins. That's a 48 win, 82 games season regular total. So 42 and a half wins. A lot of talent on this roster to really elite players. Um, new management, new coaches. Where are we? I mean, I like the addition of Doc Rivers. You know, I think that he's a really solid coach. He's championship caliber type of coach. He's the type of coach you bring in when you believe your team is ready to take that next step. Uh, now, he's not always successful, as we saw in this last stint, but, you know, he's still a good coach. And uh, the Sixers last season, everybody projected them to be one of the better teams, which they were good, but they weren't what everyone expected. They were good enough to make it into the playoffs. Um now, once they got there, you know, obviously, if, if you remember Celtics, I think, swept them. And uh, it wasn't a good ending. But I, I do see some improvement this season. So I, I have not projected probably at about 47 wins. Uh, I have projected to be just behind uh, uh, and taking second place in the Easter standing. So that, that's where I have them. All right. I, I'm a big on the over of the Sixers here. I, I'm going to... I'm going to taste the forbidden fruit uh, once again. I've been in love with this team for the last couple of years here. I I think they're really good. I love Ben Simmons, and I think Doc will be able to mold this team into a defensive juggernaut who can win games. Uh, I'm going over for the Sixers, uh, and uh, I think they might be the best, uh, end up as the number one seed in the East. I, I think there's a chance for it. So uh, oh, really? I... I yeah, I, I like this Philadelphia team. Even more than, uh, let's Milwaukee? say, if I, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a chance for it, especially if something happens to Giannis. Oh, wow. Okay, you're, you're really sold on, on the Sixers. 
Yeah, I know. I, I prepared to be disappointed. You know me and my <laughs> love of Philly teams. Let's see what happens. All right, we'll move on to the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul's there, 37 and a half. That's 43 wins. That's one game over 500 in a, or two games over 500 in an 82-game season. Where are you with the Phoenix Suns, 37 and a half? Are they ready to make that playoff leap in the West? Uh, I think that they sneak into the playoffs this season. I think there's uh, been a slight improvement just from veteran presence alone. Um, you know, you still have some pretty good players. You know, you Devin Booker, uh, Jay Crowder. You've you know, you've got some some key pieces there. But I think that the they're really really banking their money on the fact that Chris Paul is not just going to play well, but also help develop the younger guys. Um, and I think that's really going to be the uh, the this their their key to success is whether he can stay healthy long enough to make a difference and uh, help those younger players develop to become uh, key contributors uh, to make it through the season, to make it to, to a postseason spot. I don't think they get very far in the playoffs, but I still see them sneaking in there. Yeah, I, I'm under. I'm not buying it. I, I think this team will underachieve. I just, I, I'm curious if Chris Paul can uh, go back to, uh, and do this again for another season like he did with Oklahoma City Thunder. Maybe he can. But uh, I'm not convinced of it. He's an old point guard. Old point guards, uh, you know, never age well. And what he did last year was uh, quite impressive. But uh, I'll have to see it again. I don't trust Booker. Uh, I thought Aiden made a nice leap, and he's starting to become a real good player in this league. But uh, I just think too much depth in the West, and I think the Suns will underachieve this year and go under that 37-and-a-half. Okay, we'll move to the Portland Trailblazers. 39 and a half wins. That's a 45-win regular season. Uh, some nice moves by Portland, uh, and uh, hopefully Nurkic uh, can stay healthy. Uh, Collins is uh, still banged up from his injury in the bubble. But uh, Nurkic, Lillard, McCollum, and uh, some nice role pieces. Where are you with the Portland Trailblazers here? Yeah, I'm actually on the oversight of this. I think that uh, what we saw last season during the playoffs was – pretty much what we might expect to get almost on a nightly basis this season. Uh, I think that they're starting to really get a feel for playing with each other. They've got basically pretty much the same squad they had, you know, during their run last season. Uh, like you said, Damon Leonard's still there. Uh, Anthony uh, McCollum is, is obviously – they just have so many different weapons that can score. Uh, I think that they're going to be one of those teams that uh, just kind of runs the floor with you. And it, you're – Bound to have a high-scoring game, uh, you know, but they can also play in the half court. They have a lot of really talented shooters, and I, I think that this team's going to surprise a lot of people this season. Yeah, uh, I'm an over also on the Portland Trailblazers. I, I think uh, they will be in the mix uh, for a top three spot in the West. I, I don't think they fall out of the top five for sure. I think this is one of the better teams in the West. I, I really like this Portland Trail. Blazers team, and I look for them to make their push here. I, I think they got about a two- to three-year window left uh, of this team being a, a chance to break out and uh, make it to a, a final. So uh, I, I think this is the year that they uh, make a push here. So I like the uh, Portland Trail Blazers over 39 and a half. Yeah, so do I. I like this team. All right, we'll move on to the Sacramento Kings, 27 and a half. That's a 31-win regular season. Um 
All I can say is interesting roster. Uh, some nice pieces that would probably work on many other teams, but uh, together, I don't know if it works. Where are you at 27 and a half on the Kings? You know, that's, I kind of like that number that it sits at right now. Uh, maybe just slightly over 28, 29. Uh, you know, I, I like the addition of uh, Hal Burton, but I mean, what else is there besides that? There wasn't a lot more that was that was done. Uh, so there's a slight and improvement. And they lost Bogdanovich for nothing. Uh, yeah, that that one hurt. have to explain that move to me uh, at some point in time, why you don't match it and then trade him in eight weeks. But uh, nonetheless, yeah. I am not a GM, but why you give somebody up for nothing uh, will always confuse me. Yeah, I mean, you look at the situation going on in Houston and then you turn around and do this, I, I, it makes no sense to me. But I don't know, maybe they have a bigger plan and you know, in the works that we don't know about. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But I still Removing think that, talent from your team for no value. <laughs> I, I still think that they're uh, slightly better than projected. But, you know, there's, there's just not enough improvement to really see a huge leap forward. Yeah, I have to go under here. Uh, I think there are good players on this team. It's just, one, they're in the West, and two, it just it, it's hard to know how they're going to come out and play together. Heald has been pissy all freaking off offseason. Uh, like, we we already have run it into the ground, but Bogdanovich, probably their second-best player last year, left for nothing. Um, De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton is intriguing, but uh, there's... They're sort of the same uh, position, so how does that fit in there? And then how do you throw Halliburton, Heald, and uh, Fox uh, all on the court at the same time and defend anybody? So it's just very interesting roster. But uh, if you were asking me, I'd have to go under on this. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I just, I don't know. I I, I like, I, I don't think that, I don't know. I, I see where you're coming from, but I just think yeah, it's just slightly... That's, I think that's the sacrament of I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just one of those. There's a few teams every season. I think just about in every sport uh, that you just can't get a feel for it. You know, you don't know. You don't. You see. You see them trying to make an improvement, but then they also shoot themselves in the foot, and you're just like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just not even gonna try. Yeah, uh, well, because if you look at the roster, there are good players on the roster, but uh, you just don't know if it's to win games in the NBA, and that's where it gets uh, confusing. Yeah, I think at some point you might just have to start offloading a bunch of people and just starting over again because <clears throat> the fact that you can't even make you know the right decision when it comes to free agents uh, or potential free agents I mean, that's one of the most basic things. You got to get something for someone. You can't just get nothing out of them. Yeah. Especially somebody who some other team is willing to pay so much money for it. All right. We'll move on to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, interesting roster here. The young guys are starting to, you know, move in and get playing time. They still have a couple of their vets. Um, but, uh, you know, the transitioning process is happening here, but, uh, 29 and a half wins uh, sort of sits right where around where I thought, but uh, I do think there could be a leap here with uh, some of the young players if they uh, uh, make a little bit of a leap here. So interesting team here. Yeah, they're, they're intriguing. Um, it's hard for me to say that a Popovich team is going to do worse than that. I, I just can't bring myself to do it. I've been, I've been hurt by the man so many times that I just, 
I can't do it. I owe him a little more respect than that. So I'm gonna definitely gonna go with the over. Yeah, I'm. I have to lean over here, but uh, it sort of depends how they go about the season. I mean, they could play those veteran guys, and I think they will for sure go over. If they sort of go back into their young and play all their young guys, I don't know if it quite hits over unless a couple of those guys make a leap. But, uh, you know, also, you know, you have those two veteran guys into Rosen and Aldridge that uh, are trade pieces. So you don't know what's coming into the Spurs from that. So it's really hard to make a guess on what this team's going to sort of churn out to be. But uh, I'm going over just based on you don't take unders versus San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous to, to underestimate that team regardless. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely have to see what happens. You know, they're, they're definitely – Popovich is the type of coach who likes to develop his players. So I definitely see his younger guys getting some minutes, but, you know, still relying heavily on, you know, DeMar DeRozan and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. And they still have, you know, some other veterans on there, you know, like uh, Patty Mills and Rudy Gay. I mean, granted, they're not exactly what they used to be at some point, but, you know, they're, they're still solid players. No, they can they, win NBA games. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's hard for me to really underestimate a team like that. And with a coach like Popovich, I mean, I just don't see them going under. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, we'll move to the Toronto Raptors, 42 and a half. Uh, they lost some of their bigs. I, I liked the Aaron Baines bringing him to sort of make up for the uh, Mark Gasol. A little older, gave Fred Van Fleet his money. Um, 48 is the 82 game. It's 42 and a half is this season's win total. So 42 and a half wins, Toronto Raptors. Uh, hard to underestimate them, but uh, they might move down a little bit here with a couple of the other East teams moving up. Yeah, that's the way I was looking at it. I don't think that they're, you know worse off than they were. I think that, yeah, they lost some key players, but I think they also brought in, you know, enough talent to kind of balance things out. It's just that the East, the guy, the teams that are in the upper echelon of the East just seem to have improved so much more uh, than Toronto did. So I, it's hard for me to really think that they're going to go hard over. Uh, I That's kind of the number that I was lingering around. Yeah. I, I do not want to go under with this team. So I think I'd say over. But um, I'm assuming the Nets probably jump them. I'm assuming Philly might jump them, especially with how uh, big I am on Philly. You still think Milwaukee's there, so then it becomes Miami-Toronto. Where do you think that will uh, sort of come out? And uh, I'm going over, but I could easily see this hitting the under and uh, them regressing a a little bit in the regular season. Did you see Malachi Flynn? Yes. (laughs) Not bad. Yeah, I know. uh, They're going to have another one, I think. All right. We're going over. I'm going over Toronto 42 and a half. Where were you? Uh, I was on the over. Yeah, we're both on the over. Just because I, like I said, I think they're talented. I don't, I don't want to say under because I, yeah, nobody wants underestimated Toronto Raptors stock. You know, they sit there at the two seed and, they continue to win games and Philly is fighting and Kyrie Irving is doing weird things. And you're like, why the hell wouldn't I take the stable program? (laughs) All right. We'll move on to, I think probably the most intriguing team out West, uh, the Utah jazz, um, boogies back, uh, the other Bogdanovich, not the one that went to the Hawks. Um, they were playing really good basketball before, you know, the bubble, 
and uh, Rudy Gobert was doing weird things with microphones to get the NBA season canceled. <laughs> Let's touch everything. But uh, I think this is a really good team. 41 and a half is their number. That's 47, uh, 82 game. So 41 and a half, uh, a lot of talent on this roster, but uh, where do you see it sitting? Um, I have it a little bit higher than, than, than the projected total. I think I have them at around 44, 45. Uh, I think that this is one of those teams that can easily sneak in into one of those top four seeds. Um, but they're, I think they're definitely a playoff contender. I like some of the additions that they made. They had a pretty good run last season. You know, uh, they they were up at some point in the postseason, and then they lost, uh, which is very unfortunate for them and their fans. But um, they showed their lapses even when they had a lead. So I think that they made enough improvement to get back into the playoffs into the mix of things. I just don't know if they have enough talent to beat those top echelon teams. Yeah, I, I'm an over here, and uh, I think this is one of the teams that would jump like the Clippers that uh, could move into the, one of those top four spots, like you said. I I like this team. I don't know about team chemistry, but they seem to be able to play out on the court. Uh, they were really good when uh, Boogie was down there draining three. So um, I, I just like this Jazz team. So I'm going over. I think they could be a bit of a... Uh, a good regular season team to win games here. Okay, we're on our last team. Uh, last, it's certainly not least, after the big <laughs> Russell Westbrook uh, trade. Washington Wizards, 33 and a half. That's 38 uh, regular season games. Where are you with the Washington Wizards? I'm sorry, what was that uh, over-under at? 33 and a half. Oh, yeah. And I'm sorry to say this, but I'm on the under. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really keen on this team this season. I feel like um, they made. I wouldn't call it a mistake because you have you had to resign him, but I think they overpaid. Uh, and then their additions. I mean, who they bring in? Uh, Robin Ross. Robin Lopez. Yeah, they brought in Robin. Uh, brought in Russell Westbrook. I mean, I just don't see it. I, I don't. I don't see how this team meshes together. I think that. Um, they're definitely one of the, not the worst in the East, but I think they're like a lower half uh, type of team. Um, I'm just not sold on any of the moves they made. Oh, wow. Well, we're really different on the last team of the NBA. What a way to I really it. like this team. I think they could make a move up into maybe a five or six spot into the East with Russ and Bradley Beal. Uh, I like Rui. I like Denny, who they drafted. Uh, I think Thomas Bryant has some potential. They aren't very deep, so uh, that might be a bit of an issue. But I really think this team can win regular season games, and I think they'll be fun to watch. I think they'll score a lot of points. I think they'll play real fast. So I like this Wizards team, and I think it'll be a sleeper out there in the East. So I'm way over on the 33-and-a-half here. I mean, I see I see where you're coming from. They have some good players. Uh, I just don't see how they all fit together. Um if there's any possible way of doing a subtraction by addition, I mean, I know it's not possible, but I think if it were possible, this team definitely did it this season. This is my personal opinion. I think this is one of those teams that we're like on the complete opposite sides of the spectrum. You're definitely sold on this team. I'm, I'm selling. Yeah, I know. You're, 
You're being a Russ hater. I'm being a no, Russ. No, I'm not being a Russ hater. <laughs> I, I like Russ. I, you know, I think he's a solid player, but I don't think that he's the type of player that's going to lead your team to victory. All right. So that was our biggest uh, probably difference, I think, the whole time. Uh, do you have uh, so, some of your top uh, over-unders that you'd uh, suggest betting on? Oh, well, I, have to, I have to go through my list. Why don't you kick All it All right. Off? I'll go through my uh, top ones that I have. I have the Chicago Bulls. I have the Chicago Bulls over 28 and a half. I have the Dallas Mavericks over 42 and a half. I have the Indiana Pacers over 37 and a half. I have the Oklahoma City Thunder under 20 and a half. I have the Philadelphia 76ers over the 42 and a half. And I have the Washington Wizards over the 33 and a half. And I, I think the mutuals we agreed upon were the Houston Rockets under the 35 and a half, the Milwaukee Bucks 50 and a half, the Minnesota Timberwolves under the 29 and a half, and the Portland Trailblazers over the 39 and a half. Yeah, you know, when I was listening to your list, we pretty much have a lot of the same teams. I just don't have as many picks as you do. Um, the only really uh, difference on there is uh like I do in uh, in football, um, going with my home team also, and I'm taking the Lakers on the over. But that, oh, the Lakers on the uh, over! But that's just me being a crazy, silly fan with no uh, no self esteem or morals. So yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm just going to point out every uh, regular season game they lose from here on out. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, that's our NBA over under show. We'll be sure to do our NBA. Uh, predictions for the Eastern and Western Conference, plus our individual player awards coming up next week, right before the regular season starts. You can find uh, me at uh, GLNChamp5 on Twitter and Instagram. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles, or you can find me on Instagram at that dude Achilles. All right. Let's go to the football games that happened over the weekend before we preview the during the week games we're in christmas time now and everything's pretty much doubled up so a lot of games and a lot of results to get through in this these next couple uh holiday weekends for the soccer uh let's start in the epl uh friday we had uh west ham defeat leeds uh west ham continues their pretty solid play leeds continues to be entertaining to watch but can't seem to find results um hopefully uh they will be able to find those results uh, when they play some of the lower-tier teams, and that will keep them up. But uh, right now, they seem to be able to dominate games without getting results versus these uh, mid-tier teams. And uh, West Ham just continues to play well. David Moyes, uh, I can't say enough about the job he's done there with West Ham, and uh, even without Miguel Antonio, who's been out uh, uh, the last couple weeks. So pretty impressive performance again from West Ham there. On Saturday, uh, a couple of big games. We'll start with Manchester United-Man City, which turned into a complete dud. Both teams came out with defensive lineups, and both teams played uh, defensively, uh, which is shocking for sure from Man City. But um, I just, uh, with Rodri and... uh, with Rodney and Ferdinandinho uh, for Man City, uh, playing both uh, sort of holding uh, defensive midfield roles. Uh, it looked like Man City just wanted to come away out here with a tie, and uh, 
I know that's what Man United, uh, as they've typically done and had success, I will say, versus Man City uh, playing in their sort of defensive shell and looking to counter. But uh, both teams seem to want this 0-0 because uh, neither really went after it real hard to try to get a goal and uh, open themselves up for the other team to score. So pretty disappointing game there uh, overall. Uh, The other game that was big on Saturday was Everton 1, Chelsea 0. I thought this was the best Everton and look. Got their first uh, clean sheet since the first uh, week of the season, so that was impressive. Uh, I thought Richarlison finally looked a little bit livelier, and uh, to do that without Hamas playing, a uh, really good result. Uh, Chelsea, minus Ziyech, minus Pulisic, uh, probably their two best frontline players. Uh, it seemed to hurt their offensive uh, firepower a little bit, but uh, that's not really that much of an excuse, especially when you have the wealth of talent that Chelsea had. But uh, I thought Everton just played better than them this week, and uh, maybe that gets Everton back on a roll. But, but good win for Everton there. Uh, Newcastle continues their pretty solid play with an easy win over West Brom, who continues to struggle and looks like a, a definite team for uh, relegation. Um, Wolves lost to Aston Villa on a late penalty uh, kick. Uh, Wolves still don't seem uh, totally 100% right. Uh, missed a couple opportunities, but uh, I think they're really missing uh, Raul Jimenez. And uh, without him, we'll see if they can uh, maintain uh, any results. But uh, they appear to be struggling right now without Raul. In there on Sunday, a couple uh, big results. Uh, Fulham 1-1 with Liverpool. And uh, I think Fulham's starting to play pretty good football here. Uh, they keep looking better and better. They're still sitting in the regulation zone, but the last couple of weeks I've liked the way they look. They look uh, dangerous offensively. Uh, some of their defensive shortcomings have uh, been uh, sort of shipped up, and uh, they don't seem to have them quite as much. I thought this was a very good result for Fulham, and uh, Liverpool just did not look good in the back, and... Uh, I think that's going to be a continuing problem all year long. It'll be very interesting what they do uh, this week. Uh, due to injury, they had to put uh, Jordan Henderson back there. And uh, it's just uh, it's going to be interesting how this uh, Liverpool gets through this, these next couple weeks with the injuries to the back that they have. But uh, really impressed with Fulham. Uh, not so impressed with uh, Tottenham. I, I thought Mourinho parked the bus way too quickly. They were dominating the whole first half of that game. They could have easily gotten a second goal, and then they could have parked the bus and been in much safer order than what they did uh, this week by uh, parking the bus and then uh, sort of trying to hold on as Crystal Palace just came in waves and waves. Crystal Palace continues to play well and look good. So uh, more power to them, and uh, that's a... Just a young, athletic, fast team, which I don't think you could have said that a year ago. But they uh, look really good. And Benteke, uh, whatever his problems have been in the past, uh, right now he's playing really good football. He was holding up the ball real well, playing real physical. Everybody was playing on off of him, and he was a force in that box. So uh, shout-out to Benteke for that one. Southampton dominated a very poor Sheffield United side, and they just... Uh, they can't uh, help themselves right now. They're poor on defense, poor on offense, and uh, very scary time for the Blades. I think they're, there's not much really they can do. Uh, Leicester dominated Brighton. Leicester continues to look uh, 
real solid and playing good football. And last, Arsenal, 0-1 to Burnley. And uh, just terrible football. They were out playing Burnley for the most part, but uh, still can't find a way to get goals. And then that stupid red card, they could have had another, and uh, Burnley found a way on a set Pete as they do uh, to get a goal. But uh, I just uh, Arsenal is in a bad, bad place right now, and uh, I don't know if they have the uh, confidence or the players uh, to get out of it. So uh, very interesting how they're going to go about things uh in the future here uh, at Arsenal, but uh, not a good result at all for them. All right, so let's move on to La Liga. So let's start with Valencia and Athletic Club Bilbao. Uh, pretty solid matchup, uh, 2-2 for uh, the uh, draw here. Uh, Valencia, I thought, played a pretty solid game, but uh, they just uh, could not defend uh, Athletic Club Bilbao and uh, come away with that three points. So uh, I thought a draw was uh, pretty much uh, the correct result there. Uh, Sevilla had a 1-0 win versus Gentefe. Um, uh, Sevilla, once again, uh, solid defensively. Not a lot of uh, juice on the offensive end, but they found a way to uh, come away with a uh, road win in Gentefe. So uh, anytime you could come away three points on the road, uh, good win by uh, Sevilla. We'll move on to the Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid match. Uh, just a terrible showing by Atletico Madrid. But uh, Real Madrid, once again, was on point and played uh, great football. I said uh, last week in, in the uh, Champions League match versus Gladbach, that was the best I'd seen them play all year. And uh they played even better in this matchup. Just uh, dominated and bossed the game the whole time. Uh, really great play, and uh, maybe this team's starting to come around. Uh, it'll be uh, really interesting to see if they fall back into the rut or continuing to play uh, this way, because if they do that, uh, I think they're becoming uh, La Liga favorites. Uh, really disappointing showing from Atletico Madrid. Uh, just uh, disappointing, especially I thought uh, Diego Simeone, as much as I love him, as much as uh, he's grown Atletico Madrid, uh, I just don't think uh, right now I I'm happy with the way he's playing this. He just sat back in his shell and let Real Madrid boss this game, and they bossed them, and then pulling of Jao Felix uh, over and over early in games is just ridiculous. I don't understand it when you have one of the best offensive weapons in Spanish football and really in all of football across Europe. Uh, you don't take him out so you can try to defend and uh, get a counter goal versus Real Madrid. All it did was uh, allow another goal by Real Madrid and put this game away. But uh, just disappointing, uh, really, by the way. Uh, Atletico Madrid uh, played, and uh, you begin to ask questions about Diego Simeone. Is he the right man to uh, get this, uh, really, this loaded team uh, to the next level? Um, he's, you know, used them as a underdog, a spunky fighter against the grain, uh, but uh, that just doesn't fit with what Atletico Madrid has become. They are a team with uh, a lot of weapons, a lot of high-priced talent, and they aren't the spunky underdog. They are a one of the best teams in Europe, and they have to play like it in games like this. They have to come out there and try to boss the games themselves instead of just sitting back in their defensive shell because they aren't even that great a defensive team 
uh, as they used to be. So uh, just disappointing overall with uh, the way Atletico Madrid played. But uh, Real Madrid continues to uh, build upon their uh, solid uh, play the last couple weeks and are looking more and more like the La Liga favorites, uh, especially with the re- results of uh, Real Sociedad. One run versus Ibar. Uh, once again, uh, this should have been a, a win, and they come away with a tie. They're still getting points, but uh, they need wins, and uh, I think they're just uh, struggling to stay afloat here uh, as uh, Atletico Madrid and uh, Real Madrid start uh, climbing down their neck. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue this. They remain on top, but... Uh, I just don't know with uh, now with five draws uh, if they can stay there. Uh, well, only one loss, but uh, seven, five, and one, five draws is is a tough way to hang on to this uh, La Liga table. They need results uh, for three points. But uh, we'll go to uh, Real Betis and Villarreal. I thought played a pretty entertaining game. Not a lot of goals. I thought there'd be a handful of more goals, but uh, Real Betis, uh, Villarreal 1-1 in what I thought was a pretty entertaining game, and uh, I I really liked the way Real Betis played in this one, just couldn't find a a way to get another goal uh, to get past Villarreal and uh, get the win there. Uh, Barcelona was their typical uh, undistinguished self, uh, thanks to Messi, uh, they get by and get a win, and that's pretty much how Barcelona has been the last couple of years. If uh, as Messi goes, this Barcelona team goes, and uh, he saved Barcelona's skin once again for to not have an embarrassing loss at home to Levante. So uh, just uh, d- disappointing, uh, really. Uh, Barcelona's been uh, all year long, and it pretty much continued in this one. But they got the three points, so I, I guess. Right now, anytime Barcelona can get the three points, you're you're happy with it. It's a little sad that that's how it is right now, but that's how it is. Um, Celta Vigo just dominated Cadez uh, early and often. Uh, they got a goal in the sixth minute, and then uh, one in thirty-one and one in forty-three. So this thing was open over before it even started. But uh, decent win for uh, Celta Vigo here as they uh, start to put together maybe a little bit of life, uh, climb into uh, ninth in the table. So, And uh, Cadez uh, continues to drop. So uh, we'll see if Celta Vigo can start to put things together and uh, climb into one of those Europa League spots as Cadez uh, drops out. All right, let's go over to Italy and Syria. Okay, we'll start on Friday with Sassuolo and their one-over win versus Benvenuto. Good to see Sassuolo back in the win column. That moves them into fifth place in the table, uh, right behind Juventus and right in above uh, AC Roma. So uh, good start for uh, Sassuolo back in the uh, winning uh, side of things. Benvenuto continues to struggle, but uh, we'll move on. On to bigger and better things. Uh, tough loss for Laszlo. Lost to uh, Verona, who continues their pretty good play here. Uh, Verona now... Uh, up to 7th in the table, ahead of at Atlanta, and ahead of Laszlo. So, uh, Verona continuing their good play. Uh, Laszlo continuing their struggling play. And uh, I just... Uh, I don't know if... 
they have enough time to uh, get things together and get into uh, Champions League spots again like they did uh, last year. So this might be uh, their Champions League season before they get bumped out because uh, they just haven't played good soccer all year long. But uh, Verona certainly pushing for Europa League spots. Uh, Inter had no problem with Calgary. Uh, struggled a little early, but the uh, last half of that match, uh, they turned it on and turned it up and... Uh, uh, really uh, sort of bossed this game through, but uh, just couldn't find a way to get goals until late, and they did. Uh, speaking of finding their form at Atlanta, got a goal right before half, and then uh, when they came out for the second half, uh, dominated this game and Florentina. Maybe that gets them back on track. Uh, hopefully they can work some of the stuff out with uh, Papu Gomez and Illich, Illichich and... Um, Hopefully this team gets back on track because uh, when they were humming like they were in that second half of this game, it, it was really fun to watch. And speaking of on track, Roma continues their really stellar play. Uh, 5-1 over Bologna, just a dominant performance. And uh, Roma's really someone you should uh, look out for. Uh, they've been playing really good soccer for a, a little while now, and that was uh, not a terrible Bologna team. They, they've they been playing uh, pretty solid. So a uh, uh, really nice win there for uh, AC Roma. Uh, Napoli continued their good play, a 2-1 win over Sampdoria. Uh, good win by Napoli. Uh, goals uh, in the 53rd and 68th minutes, so uh, they were trailing a little bit, but uh, second half, they uh, turned it up and uh, got their win. Uh, that moves them into third place into the table, so uh, they continued their good play, a little bit off the pace of uh, Milan, but uh, just right behind Inter, so uh, Napoli continues their good play and uh, are on a pretty nice streak. Juventus had no problem with Genoa, uh, dominated this game pretty good. Uh, slow start in the first half, but uh, they were bossing the game. They just couldn't find a goal, and uh, they did in the second half uh, with Dybala breaking the thing open, and then uh, Ronaldo had two penalties uh, late in this. Um, Milan uh, didn't look great this week. 2-2 uh, home tied uh, Parma. You'd think they get a result uh, versus, uh, I'd say, a uh, Lower to middle tier uh, Parma team that uh, they're much better than. But, uh, you know, every now and then you just have one of those results uh, that you don't like. They did play in Europa League on Thursday. I think that might have thrown them off a little bit. They got a lot of fixtures coming up here. And uh, so we'll see if they can continue. I, I don't know how deep they are, and that might come back to haunt them here. But uh, uh, only one point from uh, a... Milan team that probably should have gotten three from uh, Parma. So that's our look at Syria. Next, we'll go to the Bundesliga. A pretty disappointing performance for Dortmund. We thought they'd struggle. We said it on Friday that without Holland, I, I think this team's a little lost. And they were certainly lost. Uh, Stuttgart put it on them 5-1. And uh, it was just a terrible performance by uh, Dortmund. And uh I'm a little worried they're going to continue to struggle in, until Holland can get back. Luckily, I, I think he'll be back before the uh, Champions League restarts, but uh, it could be some tough weeks here ahead in the Bundesliga. I believe they uh, let go of their coach uh, this week, so uh, we'll see if maybe they get a post-coach uh, firing uh, uptick. But uh, without Holland, uh, really 
uh, look lost on the field there. Uh, RB Leipzig uh, continued the rollover from their uh, Champions League play two over over Water Bremen and uh, just dominated that game. Gladbach continues to struggle uh, in the Bundesliga. Uh, 1-1 versus Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin continued their good play, but uh, I think Gladbach now drops to about 8th in the table, so uh, we'll see if they can find a way to uh, turn it on without uh, any uh, Champions League play coming up and move back up in that table. Uh, Union Berlin uh, somehow found their defense and uh, 1-1 with Bayern Munich. Munich looked uh, pretty lazy in this game, like they didn't want to be there. And it was a pretty lazy game overall. But uh, good uh, point uh, coming away here with Union Berlin, who had been really poor defensively the last couple weeks, but uh, found a way to hold down Byron Munich. Schalke got one point, which is always something from Osberg. And uh, Leverkusen uh, continued... They're a really solid play with a 4-1 win over Hoffenheim. And uh, right now, Byron Levenkusen looks like the team that may be able to uh, challenge Byron Munich. Uh, they moved up on them on points after that result. And uh, we all thought it was going to be Dorman, who are now out of the top four. And uh, it just might be Leverkusen who challenges them. Uh, they are really looking good and playing great football right now. Uh, maybe a... Not a bad decision to get rid of Kai Havertz because this team looks to be uh, playing uh, not solely on one guy, but as a team and a unit, and uh, they're really playing well right now. Haven't lost a match all season long, uh, only four draws so and seven wins. So uh, right now, uh, challenging Munich and on top of the Bundesliga table, Byron Leverkusen. I don't think anybody would have said that at the start of the year. So, it's holiday time, and there are now matches during the week. So, what do we got to look forward uh, in Tuesday and Wednesday during this week? Um, we got an interesting matchup in the Premier League with Wolverhampton and Chelsea. Uh, it'll just be what Wolverhampton, uh, can they get it together and uh, find their way without Raul Jimenez, uh, one of the best strikers in the Premier League and really across Europe. I don't know if they can. Uh, Chelsea did not look great uh, over the weekend. We'll see if they bounce back uh, this weekend, but that should be an interesting matchup. Uh, Minus 145 for Chelsea here going to Wolves, but uh, I'd stay away from that. I I just, uh, Wolverhampton still has a lot of really good players and is really solid defensively. I just don't know now if they have the uh, offensive uh, firepower to uh, stick with it. Also, we got uh, Man City versus West Brom. I don't see much uh, of a matchup there. Look for Man City to easily cruise past that one. Arsenal-Southampton is all of a sudden a really big matchup. Arsenal needs a win here. Southampton has been playing the better football and right now, quite frankly, looks like the better team. And uh, plus 222 price for Southampton uh, really seems like a pretty juicy line to take a a shot here at Southampton, especially with the way Arsenal's playing. Leeds and Newcastle should be an entertaining matchup. Uh, Leeds minus 135. I'd be very interested to see if Leeds uh, can pull away and what sort of style of football Newcastle comes out. Do they sit back and try to counter a very aggressive Leeds team or do they try to take it to Leeds and open themselves up for uh, Leeds offensive firepower? A uh, sort of uh, who can uh, 
Top the big six uh, matchup here, Leicester City and Everton. That should be a really good matchup. Uh, can Everton continue their play off of a big Chelsea win? And Leicester City's just been really consistent all season long. Uh, plus 120 uh, for Leicester City, plus 210 for Everton. So uh, hard to call on that one. Uh, I, I put a little bit here on Everton just to see if I think they have the more overall talent. But uh, Leicester City has been playing really good football all uh, season long. Uh, consistent football, I'd say. And the big matchup during the week, Liverpool and Tottenham should be a really outstanding matchup. Uh, can Liverpool defend? Uh, with uh, I assume they're going to put in the young guys. I doubt Jordan Henderson goes back there and plays with Fabinho. That would be uh, very difficult to handle for a Kane son. Uh, you know, uh, front line. Uh, I think they'll put one of the young guys back there and uh, stick with Fabino and put Jordan Henderson probably still up front, but uh, really interesting matchup. Uh, how will Jose come out and play it? Will he go to his, you know, big six part of the Bucks and just look to counter uh, this Liverpool team? Or will he do what he did early on in that West Ham uh, fixture where he was aggressive, uh, they were pressuring the ball and uh, creating a lot of opportunities. It wasn't until he pulled off that and uh, parked the bus that uh, Tottenham sort of struggled. But a real interesting uh, matchup here. The plus 350 for Tottenham, I'd really look at hard. Uh, I certainly think uh, Tottenham could get a result here. Uh, Aston Villa-Burnley, uh, pretty snoozy matchup. Uh, 145 for Aston Villa, plus 375 for Burnley. Uh, Burnley, Played probably their best game all season long, plus the plus 375 might be a little uh, nice to have there. Uh, Sheffield United plus 550 versus uh, Manchester United minus 200. Uh, I see no way that uh, Sheffield United finds its form here, so I look for Manchester United to cruise pretty easy. What have we got with La Liga? This week, uh, tomorrow, we got Real Madrid versus Athletic Club Bilbao. Should be a fun and entertaining matchup, but I, I don't think uh, with the form that Real Madrid's in, uh, there's any way that Athletic Clo Club Bilbao will be able to handle uh, the sort of presence of Real Madrid. The minus 200 seems pretty decent. Uh, the matchup I'm looking really forward to uh, Wednesday, uh, Barcelona-Real Sociedad. Uh, can Sociedad uh, create some problems for Barcelona? They've been in a sort of fixture of runs where they keep getting uh, ties. We'll see if they could come away with a win versus Barcelona would be very nice. And the plus 400 is a pretty uh, decent price there to uh, take a flyer on uh Real Sociedad, especially with the way that um, Barcelona has played of late. Into the Bundesliga, uh, Gladbach plays Frankfurt. Uh, plus 140 for Gladbach, uh, plus 180 for Frankfurt. Should be a really entertaining and uh, high-scoring matchup. Uh, I, I think Gladbach finds their form here. That plus 140, I think, uh, would be pretty good value to take here. Uh Dortmund versus Werder Brennan. Uh, Dortmund needs a get-right game. This might be it. If if they can't beat uh, Werder Brennan, I'd be very, very worried about them. But I think they'll find their form here. Stuttgart versus Union Berlin. Does Union Berlin's uh, defense show up here? Uh, does Stuttgart build on the win versus Dortmund? Entertaining matchup. I don't know if I could find a way to bet on anyone here. The plus 230 versus Union Berlin is nice, but uh, with that win off of Dortmund, I just wouldn't take uh, against a hot Stuttgart team. 
Uh, RP Leipzig versus Hoffenheim should be a really entertaining bout, but I look for RB Leipzig to handle that one pretty good. Uh, Munich versus Wolfsburg. Uh, I bet uh, Munich comes to play, and uh, that minus 275, it's pretty high, but uh, I like for Munich to dominate this game. Uh, you might want to look at the goal line. I think uh, Munich will be able to score pretty well here. Uh, Leverkusen is at Cologne, and uh, I see no way where the form that Leverkusen has been in, they'll struggle with Cologne. So uh, minus 150 for Leverkusen, even though they're in Cologne, I, I look for uh, Leverkusen to cruise here. Wednesday, we got the Juicy Matas matchup of Juventus versus at Atlanta. Plus 280 for at Atlanta. Probably not enough for me to take them in the form they've been in, but uh, we'll see if Juventus uh, is in good enough form to handle the pressure of at Atlanta. They struggled with this team uh, for the last couple years. Uh, there's The speed of at Atlanta has just given them a whole lot of problems, and we'll see if that continues. But uh, I'm not sold yet that at Atlanta is back into full form. Uh, Laszlo versus uh, Benvenito. Uh, Laszlo needs wins. Uh, the minus 125, I think they'll uh, find a way here. So uh, the... Laszlo minus 125 tomorrow. Pretty good price for a team that uh, needs to find its form. Uh, Milan's playing uh, Genoa minus 225. I don't know if you could take that, but I, I look for uh, Milan to bounce back. Really entertaining matchup. Inter versus Napoli. Uh, plus 110 for uh, Inter. Plus 230 for Napoli. Uh, Napoli's been hot, but I think uh, Inter totally focused on coming after that Serie A title. Uh, that plus 110 for Inter, I, I really like that, and I might uh, put some money down on that one. I, I think uh, Napoli's form will uh, sort of drop off here versus Inter Milan. I look for Inter Milan to take this uh, matchup. Uh, Verona, plus 125 versus Sampdoria. Uh, the way Verona's played, I don't know if you can uh, not take them. So uh, plus 125 for Verona, I really like that. And uh, Roma Torino, uh, minus 225 for Roma. I don't think you could take it, but uh, Roma's run really hot. Uh, that over-under sits at three and a half. And w with the way Roma's been scored, I see no reason why you can't take that. All right, that's our show for the week. We'll be back on Friday to uh, do our movie review of the movie Prom with Rita Cinema. Dr. M. Sage will join us to do a review of The Undoing. And we'll have a review of all the midweek soccer matchups plus a preview of the matchups over the weekend. Be sure to check all our Greenlight Network shows out. The Drive-In Dish, our basketball pick show that is every day with a little mini podcast for your picks of the day. A football time podcast, of course, uh, will air Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's our show, and we're out. <laughs>